the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. No one was talking about Bitcoin in 2016, but it has turned into a talk of the town. Up 900 plus percent, depending on where you got in. Smartphone retail mobile commerce accounted for 46% of shopping from November 1 through Thanksgiving 2017. Mobile purchases account for 37% of online revenue on Black Friday. Mobile purchases. It's been a big year. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Got a big seminar coming up at the start of 2017 that I need you to sign up for sooner than later because it's early in 2017. Taking a chance that you're going to actually show up. It's in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. Love to see you. It's Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning Seminar, January 11th in Palo Alto. It's free to sign up if you use the code RADIO25. And we're only limiting so many seats for the free tickets. Retirement planning is more complicated than ever. CFP Chad Burton is going to be there with me. So join us for Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning, Palo Alto Elks Lodge, January 11th, 6.30 to 8.30. So it's a Thursday evening. Other top stories of the year, other than Bitcoin, was the stock market itself. And checking in with the stock market, the stock market's dealing with tax reform. For a large part of the year, the market was dealing with, yeah, so what's going to be Trump's agenda? Healthcare reform, tax reform, repatriation of cash, uh, building the wall. There's a lot going on in that agenda, right? And how much of it comes to fruition and how much of it doesn't. Um, 2018. What's your biggest stock market prediction? What do you, what do you predict is going to happen? I'm not the biggest predictor because I believe in everything that you predict. Something's going to rip it apart. Um, or like you think the market's going to go higher? I don't know. I think when the tax deal kicks in and companies are able to start bringing cash back from overseas markets as low as a tax rate of 8% instead of 35%, I think you're going to see buybacks, dividend increases, mergers and acquisitions, paying off debt. All four of those can move the stock market higher. Am I predicting the stock market higher? I'll let you go see your... uh, your uh, mind reader for that one, or your 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 uh, your medium—I don't know what to call it. So fortune teller. I'm not. I don't play that game. So it's just not my thing. So eight hundred five one six twelve twenty. Kooky. So that's actually got a sad story to it. I used to have a producer in radio, and right now I got Mike, and he's awesome. But I used to have a, another producer, oddly enough, named Mike that uh. 
my, my boy, when he was very young, he loved a show that, that used that sound effect. Um, and uh, so my producer got it for me, and like a week later, he had a heart attack and died. Um, you know, he was in his early 50s. Uh, it happens. So get life insurance is my advice. I know you're saying, this is the happiest show of the year. Good job, Rob. I'm trying. I'm trying. Give me, give me a little break here. So this isn't the easiest thing to pull off all the time. So, um, so I think 2018, I think we are, we are poised to have a good year. I don't know if that means we do. Um, I think the middle class continues to struggle. I hope you have a 401k, 403, 457, because this was a good year. If you just went with like a normal stock allocation, a normal portfolio. Now, there's still time that could all fall apart for sure. There's no doubt about that. Um, you know, if you're not going to get in your 401k, you know, and you're, you're not making enough money at your job, this is a good time to start sprucing up the resume. This is a good time to go back to school, um, at night, uh, or weekends. So that's just my opinion. Um, Oh, end of the year visibility. So it's hard to forecast. One area that's hard to forecast right now is the home market. One thing that I could tell you is I think um, look mid-sized houses. Not to me, for instance, I own a home, and it's ridiculous. I own a home in a very densely populated area, and when I moved there, it wasn't densely populated, but now it is. And every time the the mayor strikes a deal to a real estate developer to bring in uh, more apartments, I'm like, Ugh! so my home went from nine hundred thousand. It was the ugliest house on the street eight nine years ago. It's now worth one point eight million. And my real estate agent thinks I can get two million. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Because you do you do two million and you're like, okay, what's someone going to have to make? What's someone going to have to make to pay for that? Well, it's going to be cash, or they're going to have to have a job probably making about $4 million a year. Or they're going to say, I'm going to sell my home here and then buy your home. If the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over while expecting different results, it's probably fair to call those who offer professional forecasts on the housing market a little bit nuts. So I would look, for instance, if I were to look right now, since this area continues to sprawl out, I'd look maybe east of uh, Fremont. You know, you can't go to the ocean, so you go south or east. Um, Redwood City, when I moved into it, I didn't move into Redwood City. I lived, I lived north of Redwood City. But when I was looking, it was a lot of lower income. And now it's like they've all been pushed out. So they're all living far away, like in Gilroy, the lower income. It's crazy. It's wrong. So what I would look for is maybe a, a, a home that's not... The best home. I would look for a home that hasn't hit that $1 million mark yet. And it will if it's close enough. So it stinks because the city that San Carlos, uh, I was talking to the real estate agent who sold me it eight years ago. And she goes, it used to be a cute city, Rob. I used to be in love with it. And now it's just too dense. And it's getting denser faster. Mayors love to make, mayors want to get the, the taxes now. And get more people, you know, paying property taxes. Um, they don't want, not, not necessarily, like Palo Alto doesn't. You don't see a lot of building going on there. So anyway, uh, trying to predict where real estate's going to go. 
it's kind of a, a loser's game because we know interest rates are moving higher, and that means you'll be able to buy less of a house. You worry about payment, and payment's tied towards interest rates. And short-term arms, their interest rates have moved up pretty aggressively recently. So they're not as competitive. They used to be like a nice alternative for instead of a 30-year or a 15-year. And if you were going to be in the house for six, seven years, your real estate agent may say something silly to you like, yeah, just go ahead and buy it now, get an arm, and refinance it later. It'll go up 200000 in value by then. It's like, whoa. So the 7% annual home price growth isn't exactly bubbly, but it's not really sustainable either. Higher prices mean higher monthly payments. That also means bigger down payments, which often means potentially over-leveraged homeowners. Got a little bit of a pressure cooker going, right? I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Don't forget, I got a big event coming up in January, January 11th, 6.30 to 8.30, Palo Alto Elks Lodge. You can sign up for the event at Rob Black Show. Use code RADIO25 to get in free O-charge. That's Irish for free of charge. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. Now, chatting with Coach Sendak, your Santa Clara Broncos basketball report. It's now time for checking with our partners at Santa Clara Basketball for this week's chat with Coach Sindek. Here's the voice of the Broncos, Anthony Passarelli with Coach. Welcome to this week's Chatting with Coach Sendek segment brought to you by Heffernan Insurance Brokers. Heffernan, proud partner of Santa Clara Athletics. And we're here with Bronco head coach Herb Sendek on the week before uh, the holiday, actually the Christmas holiday. San Jose State next up for Santa Clara, a rivalry game for the Broncos. Uh, you've been a part of a couple of rivalry big ones, so whether at NC State or uh, at your other stop at ASU. What's a rivalry game mean for a team in terms of picking up a victory and, and adding a little momentum? Well, I think rivalry games are great for the fans, and uh, it, it adds a lot of uh, enthusiasm and uh, makes it fun to go back and forth. But it's, as far as our team's approach, it's exactly the same as any other game. It's not all of a sudden like, boy, now we're going to try mm-hmm. or now we're really going to you know, get after it. Hopefully we do that each and every time we take the court, whether it's for practice or whether it's for a game. And so from our standpoint, our preparation, our commitment to be the best version of ourselves can't escalate theoretically because we always should be in that mode. Broncos, uh, wrapping up the non-conference play, getting ready for conference, uh, Pepperdine on the 28th. Santa Clara's kind of had an up-and-down roller coaster of a, of a non-conference uh, schedule. What are the things that you're looking to approve upon going into the game against San Jose State? Well, to say we've been on a roller coaster is, is kind. You know, we've really uh, been punched in the gut, and um, we lost four really close games. They, a possession or two either way could have tilted it and we didn't we didn't come away with any of the wins in those four contests and so certainly we come into the game against san jose reeling in terms of a win-loss record however our guys have maintained a great attitude they continue to work hard and we're focused on getting better on a broad base front most notably however is we we got to get better on the defensive end of the floor uh, we've been very um very easy to score against for the most part. Whether we've played man or zone, uh, teams have shot much too high a percentage against us from the field and from beyond the arc. 
talking with Bronco head coach Herb Sendick in our weekly segment on AM 1220 KDOW. This is a different time of the year. So the, the finals are done. This is a holiday season. Mm-hmm. What challenges does that pose for you as a head coach and your staff? And uh, I, I, sometimes guys go back home for a day or two if they live close over the holidays. Uh, what challenges uh, does that pose for you? Well, the good news is they don't have class, so we're really able to focus exclusively on basketball. However, the game right before holiday break tends to be tricky, but it's the same for both teams. And which team handles it better can really play into the outcome of a contest because, um, you know, these guys aren't just basketball players. They're they're people. And uh, many of them are going to get to go home and be with family and friends for a very short period of time. And it's easy to get excited and have one foot out the door, uh, but you can ill afford to do that. But I think coaches across the country would tell you the game right before the holiday break um, is a tricky one, and you just hope that your guys are able to stay focused until the very end and then make way with their holiday plans. And I'll end with this. Uh, this is something that uh, I've been thinking about over the last couple of weeks with Christmas just coming up this uh, upcoming weekend. Being a sports fan growing up in California, I remember getting a, a football one Christmas morning, I think probably for my ninth or 10th birthday. And I think I spent the next three hours outside, which my parents really enjoyed the fact that I wasn't inside with the football. Do you have any, uh, any Christmas gifts growing up as a kid that as a sports fan that you look back on fondly? Yeah, but I, I collected cards, you know, whatever sport was in season. And certainly uh, at Christmas, basketball was in season. So in my stocking, invariably would be sets of basketball cards, which I just absolutely loved. And I studied and knew all the players, knew their statistics. Uh, so basketball cards. Do you still have those cards? Um, they're at my parents' house in Pittsburgh, um, tucked away somewhere. We'll have to maybe for a future uh, a meeting together, we'll have to get some of those cards out. But as always, thanks a lot, Coach. Thank you very much. Be sure to catch exciting Bronco action and West Coast Conference play this season right here on AM 1220 KDOW, the home of Santa Clara basketball. And I have a pair of tickets to an upcoming game for Santa Clara's men's basketball team. You can call right now, 800-516-1220, and I'll mail those out to you. A pair of tickets. Um, actually, I'm just going to give away all six. Let's give away all six. Three pairs of tickets. Three pairs of tickets. And um, so if you want four, say I want four, and then someone gets two. If you want two, you want two. That's great. These are great stocking stuffers. The game's coming up Saturday, February 3rd, 2018. So it's February. That's why it's a great stocking stuffer. Something to look forward to and build some momentum. Eight o'clock, it's uh, Santa Clara's men basketball versus the University of San Francisco. It's in Santa Clara. So uh, call now, 800-516-1220 to win your tickets. It's 800-516-1220 to win those tickets. Winning. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. You do a show here on KDOW Thursdays at 6, tied towards the mortgage and real estate market with your partner, Gordon Hines. Uh, Tony's been a friend of mine for many, many years, and he's done many, many loans for me. He's somebody you can trust in the Bay Area. Good morning. Good morning. Let's talk a little um, websites that are out there for people to take a look at. Um, Zillow. What are your thoughts on Zillow? I think it's a great resource site. I think it has, um, it's been under a lot of scrutiny lately as far as values, but they're getting a lot better. Um, We use them as kind of a a reference. We have, in in our industry, we have other means of pulling up values. Sure. Um, Most importantly, you know, the, the, 
what we call comps. And Zillow really does kind of use this. It's all public information, of course, that they use. And they, okay. I, I like them. They've, they've gotten a lot better. And there's some really good tools in there, especially if you're buying like a rental property. You can pick an area. You can look at the rents. And they, it's what, what Zillow does that other places don't do is they pull in information from a lot of different places. And they, and they, and they give you a really good synapses of what's going on. And especially um, when it comes to what's available to you in the real estate and renting. And I would say a lot of consumer-friendly tools. How about Trulia.com? It's very similar to Zillow. Once you reach the site, you can enter your address and learn how much your home might be worth. Instead of offering a Zestimate, Trulia offers the average listing price for similar homes in your area based on square footage. Um, Have you used Trulia successfully or not so much? Zillow. uh, If it does the same thing, it's, it's worth going to the better company. I say Zillow. It's interesting because both these sites that if you punch in data and you ask like for more data, if you're looking for like a home to buy, they'll go, hey, you looking for a lender too? Um, so they're making some money. Um, Redfin, couple. Uh, it's interesting. When I go to look for a home uh, and I tell friends like, hey, I'm thinking about Santa Barbara. People start sending me, hey, go take a look at this home from Redfin. People send me one from Trulios. People send me one from, um, you know, those are the typical ones, I think. Uh, uh, any experience with Redfin? Yeah, we do. Um, Redfin's an interesting concept on buying and selling houses. Uh, and what it comes down to is you, it's, you're buying and selling houses for a little bit cheaper. Uh, usually it works better for the seller because they're not paying out as much commissions. But I think it's a fine site to look at houses. Um, some people, uh, they're going to end up on the MLS anyways. Uh, but it, it may be an opportunity for you to find a Redfin house that you can offer a little bit less on because you know the seller's making a little bit more. So it, you got to play with that a little bit and, and talk, work with their agents. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Good news. You're a Bitcoin billionaire, right? Bad news. You forgot your password. <laughs> oh, no. What will you do? Strat investors go to extreme lengths to recover their lost cryptocurrency, including hypnosis and brute force attacks with a supercomputer. What's worse than missing out on your Bitcoin's 1900% rally is maybe not being able to access it because you forgot your password. Bitcoin's big story of 2017. Bitcoin owners have watched in anguish as its price has surged over 20-fold at times this year to more than 19,000. Even technology titans have found themselves in the predicament. Elon Musk tweeted last month that he had misplaced part of a Bitcoin. Some people are cutting up their Bitcoin um, code and putting it in safes around the world. Uh, Philip Numier bought 15 Bitcoins for around $260 in 2013 when he was deciding whether to accept the virtual currency on his e-commerce site. Now that his cash is approaching $300,000 in value, he's hoping to recover a long-forgotten password. Um, Awesome, isn't it? So instead of that, he got a big supercomputer that's five feet tall. It's working so hard that it sits in a 270-gallon tank in special mineral water to disperse the heat it generates. And uh, it's got to run through all the number... Uh, possible number combinations, and that could take 332 years. <laughs> awesome, isn't it? Uh, fascinating stuff. Transacting in Bitcoin takes two keys, one public and one private. 
paired strings of letters and numbers are part of a system that allows Bitcoin to change hands without any middleman. The private key is a cumbersome and looks something like, oh God, 40 letters. And it's like an E973D79C6D87DCOFB6A577. That's why digital wallets, where these keys are stored, have to be heavily guarded. Uh, typically with extra passwords, but a lot can go wrong. A lot of layers of security have been ensnared. Many rightful Bitcoin owners have lost their Bitcoins. So it's pretty interesting stuff. I don't know. Maybe get me a Bitcoin for Christmas or a fraction of a Bitcoin. Please. I do say I would appreciate it. Um, 800-516-1220. Got a seminar coming up. Uh, in January. It's not that far away, believe it or not. End of the year, beginning of the year, just right here, January 11, Palo Alto, Elks Lodge, 4249 El Camino Real. Um, it's a retirement income strategies and estate planning seminar. Um, retirement planning is complicated. And every year, you know, as they play old Lang Syne, we're moving a year closer to retirement. Um, I've got some friends that are now starting to retire. Not like they're older than me. I'm not going to retire, but what are you going to do in retirement when this is playing? It's your last day of work. You're about to get your gold watch. And you're like, Jesus, I don't know anything about passive versus active management or social security strategies or good and bad retirement products or measuring risk in portfolios or protecting my estate from the tax man. The tax man cometh. Ah! Scary, right? So that's going to be Palo Alto, January 11, 630 to 830. You can learn what to worry about, what to think about, and take some actual steps. I'll give a 2018 outlook. Michelle Lerman will explain the new estate plan laws, and we'll talk new tax laws. We will talk new tax laws. You can sign up for the event January 11th by going to Rob Black Show. Use the code RADIO25. I'd love to see you there. Start off the year right. I looked it up. I was only in Palo Alto once last year. That is not enough. That is not enough. I like Palo Alto. I like to visit what is lovingly referred to as shallow alto to those who don't live there. No way, fool. Thank you very much. I love and I insult at the same time. Stitch Fix is a big story, 2017. Um, Stitch Fix is a fashion startup that went public last month and it reported strong customer gains and they ship outfits to customers. They've struggled to convince people that, you know, that they can compete with Amazon or what if Banana Republic starts getting the business of sending you clothes or what if Sears or Macy's will send you clothes in a box and you try on what you want and send back what you don't. It's personalization. They say they have an algorithm. And one of the things that the company could do that differs from typical e-commerce and brick and mortar retailers is... It doesn't experience the usual jump in holiday sales, since most of its customers are buying outfits for themselves rather than as gifts. Active clients reached 2.4 million in the three months ended um, in the quarter, uh, just end of October. Profit margins declined slightly as the company invested in plus-size women's clothing and men's apparel, which drove up inventory and shipping costs. So the company reported net income of about 13.5 million. Hold on, wait. They made money? As a as a tech IPO, it's like Say hey, what? this is something we can get, this is something we can get excited about. 
Now, how fast do they expand? How aggressive do they go after marketing? Those are some interesting questions. So expanding sometimes expensive. Is it, is it a good idea? I can't tell you. They provide a subscription-based personal shopping and delivery service for women's clothing, men's clothing, and plus sizes now. It offers personal styling service that delivers personal, personalized fix of accessibly, accessibly priced items directly to doors across the United States. Company ticker symbol is uh, SFIXSFIXSFIX. The company was founded by Katrina Lake and Aaron Morris and Flynn in February of 2011. Um, gross margins are 44%. That's a pretty good gross margin. So, with that said, Stitch Fix, is it an IPO worth your attention? I'll tell you what, it's a new company that's going to try to grow, it's going to have competition, and there's risk there. But with that said, will there be reward? Could be. Could be. Um, Risk and reward, right? And uh, will Amazon get into business? What will happen? All of that will happen. That's probably the best way of saying it. All of that will happen. Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, Tax reform is a big topic of 2017, and taxes in 2018 will be interesting as well. And part of the whole tax debate you've heard is like a lot of companies like Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, um, not necessarily Netflix, but Facebook, Amazon, Apple, they've got a lot of money, Google, in Ireland. Facebook says it will no longer funnel taxes on non-U.S. advertising sales through its Irish subsidiary. Now that Irish goodbye ultimately could pressure other tech giants to follow suit. In bowing to pressure from regulators last week, Facebook not only took the political high ground, but they got to jump on their rivals before the U.S. tax legislation makes the topic moot. Tech and tax experts say the social networking giant is going to begin next month the process of overhauling its global operations and split them into local selling structures. And that'll affect operations essentially in 30 countries. In simple terms, this means that advertising revenue supported by local teams will no longer be recorded by the international headquarters in Dublin. It will instead be recorded by the local company in that country. So Facebook is saying, you know, we're not going to dodge taxes in in Europe. It's a noble gesture, right? But one of necessity as well as Facebook and other companies like Amazon and Apple and Uber, they're all having to bend regulators. The European Commission, I'm not going to say they're not nice, but they explore prospects and they look at multinational digital companies and they don't think it's funny. They want this share of, you know, action in Italy. Italy wants Italy's action. Germany wants Germany's action. France wants France's action as far as taxes go. And the EU has called for a turnover tax on U.S. companies to compensate for tax avoidance maneuvers. So taxes are pretty big in the news, right? Um, now, the European Commission looked at Apple. I own shares of Apple. They paid 0.005% to tax authorities in Ireland in 2014. And the European Commission says you owe $14.5 billion. Apple and the Irish government are appealing the ruling. Though the company's stance may be softening, Apple CEO Tim Cook, who in 2016 dismissed claims that Apple avoids taxes as political crap, he met with President Emmanuel Macron of France, and he accepted the fiscal laws worldwide are shifting towards making companies pay tax where money is actually earned. Tax havens aren't just for tech multinationals. Pharmaceuticals have done a great job of it. Governments worldwide lose up to $240 billion annually from tax avoidance strategies. A lot of tax in the news, right? So who's a loser here? Is it Ireland? 
tax reform in the U.S. and internationally could mean substantial obstacles in drawing foreign investment to Ireland, despite Facebook's vow to maintain operations there. And if tax reform legislation is as good as it, it's, uh, it sounds, um, European regulators will continue to make noise. Uh, the push by tech companies to increase operations and people outside the U.S. going to diminish. Uh, the, ruler, the rulers want their money. And um, Ireland's going to lose on this one, it looks like. They're going to be the... Now, again, Facebook's saying we're still going to do operations there. But, you know, Apple's built into data center. Google's built into data center. I mean, they're, they're trying to make it look like they have most of their business there. And you get the reason why. Anyhow, I'm Rob Black. You can find me at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. Don't forget, i got a big event coming up. Retirement Income Planning in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge, January 11th, 2018, 630 to 830. 630 to 830. Sign up at robblackshow.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. This is Walk the Moon. It's the band who does Shut Up and Dance with Me. They just played the Not-So-Silent Night concert. I saw them play, and um, One Foot really sums up the theme of the whole thing out there that's starting out in the unknown, being faced with uncertainty and what could be certain failure, but deciding to move forward, take that first step. I hope you approach love that way. I hope you approach investing that way. The song is partly inspired by the journey that we've all been through, right? Not just in love life, but in work. I remember being high school going, what am I going to do when I get to college? I was like, just go to college. And then the first night at college, I remember it was kind of a crazy night. They're doing dorm mixers and they're trying to introduce freshmen to each other. I remember the night ended with around two in the morning and I'm walking down the hallway, and there's a girl like 100 yards away, and she's drunk. She's squatting in the hallway, and as I got closer, what I saw was disgusting. Ah! Fecal matter. She thought she was in a bathroom. She was so drunk. But I just said one foot in front of the other. And it's to me, it's all about, again, um, moving forward. So walk the moon. Um, was the first, they were the second band at, at Not So Silent Night. And the third one, you know, was better than the first, second one. And the fourth one was better than the third one. And the fifth one was better than the fourth one. And they also do the song Anna Sun and Shut Up and Dance. Okay, there you go. So you know this song, right? The lead singer... He once went to a dance club to blow off some steam. When he started complaining, when it was taking forever to get his drinks at the bar, a girl came up to him and said, just shut up and dance with me. So he took her up on the offer, and the two hit it off. He says that this song isn't, you know, so much about his personal experience, but about living in the moment. Hmm. So, um, anyway, that's all I got for you. So... Back to Wall Street, shall we? Shall we come with me? Come with me back to Wall Street. Oh, tax reform. How much of this year's stock market gains do you think in 2017 are reflected in the anticipation of corporate tax cuts? What will the ability to expense at 35% and earn profits at 21% spur 
in 2018 as far as investment goes. How much will leasing companies benefit from the combination of expensing and limitations on interest? How much will multinationals regret this bill? Will 2018 feature a, a battle with the World Trade Organization? All because of a tax bill. There's more questions. How much of the trillions of dollars in overseas markets have already been brought back? How will markets react to large changes in deferred tax assets, deferred tax liabilities, and permanently reinvesting earnings? What will companies do with the offshore cash when they return it between 7.5% and 15.5%? How real is that 15.5% tax on cash, or are there enough holes in it that it becomes more irrelevant? How much have foreign multinationals been benefiting from stripping of the U.S. tax base? How effective are the limitations and interest deductions? So I have a friend who contacted me when the tax reform details were starting to emerge. He said, should I pay my state and local income tax right now? Prepay it for 2018? I'm like, it's a pretty good idea, but you need to talk to someone who knows taxes better than I do. Should I go ahead and prepay my property tax? I'm like, it's a pretty good idea, but you need to talk to someone who does taxes for a living. Because taxes are tricky. And that's one of the reasons I, I hate talking about them, is you may be in a different state and you're calling me. You may be, you may have write-offs. You may have uh, a special needs kid. You may have just so many different little things. It's worthy of note. We're all different as far as investors go. So as far as my opinion on the tax legislation, I don't like the fact that the individual income taxes only last 2025, those tax cuts. But I get it. This is a tax plan that's going to add to our deficit. We're going to save Americans money. Some Republicans are saying it's going to spur great investment and more jobs and more state taxes and more local taxes and more houses being bought and more property taxes. Um, there's some truth to that. But so far, most of the committees that are studying it say it's going to add up to $2 trillion to our deficit. And that's bad for the kids down the road. And when you start seeing some of the things that are going to be cut in the future, it's probably Medicare and Social Security. Um, CFP Chad Burton does financial planning for a living, and he doesn't even count on, he doesn't even model Social Security into people who are 30 years old. Um, now, there's going to be something there, but I don't think you necessarily want to take it away. Take it away now. Take it away now. Um, big event coming up January 11th in Palo Alto, Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning Seminar. This is, as you get older, time, it marches on. Um, are you ready for retirement? Are you ready for income strategies? Are you, how much are you going to pay yourself? Social Security, you know, if you're lucky, you might get 18000 pre-tax. You get taxed on that. And then you have to pay for your Medicare. And then there's about $8,000 left, maybe. I don't even know if that's going to be $8,000 in 10, 15, 20 years because of inflation. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. Sign up for that seminar at Rob Black Show. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.